Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Thursday edition of the program. We are zooming through the week. Glad to have you with us. Let's take a look at the show lineup. Always a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we have some Zaxby's headlines to talk about today. And I tell you what, I didn't think that I would be leading our headlines segment ever again with Archie Miller. But that's what we're going to do today because he was a guest yesterday on Jeff Goodman's Field of 68 I guess it's called a vlog, a video podcast to preview the Big Ten. He had some really interesting comments on Indiana, and I thought he did a really good job breaking things down. So we're going to talk about that coming up in a moment. And Romeo Langford starts the NBA regular season with some minutes and some points and a really good performance all the way around with Jalen Brown back from his COVID uh, absence and that is hopeful news from Romeo, who's had a really good offseason. And so we'll break down his performance last night as well. Also, there is some recruiting news to get to today. Also, we'll catch up on all of that here in the opening segment. Later in the hour today, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us. We'll talk IU basketball and more. And then we'll close things out near the end of the program with some thoughts and maybe even some picks for high school football in the opening round of sectional action on Friday night. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. It's how you can keep up with everything going on in the area. Romeo Langford last night had 10 points. Uh, in the start of his third NBA season, Boston a loser, 138-134 in overtime at Madison Square Garden. So Langford with a big performance in a historic arena last night. Uh, Langford entered the game with 5.52 left in the first period. He made his first shot of the season, a three-pointer with 2.39 left in the first quarter to put Boston ahead. I didn't tune the game on until later in the sh- the game. He had a big three late to help Boston in their comeback effort as well. But uh, overall, a really solid performance for Langford uh, to start off the NBA season. He got, I think, 20-something minutes last night as well uh, for the Celtics in the loss. And so good stuff for him, hopeful stuff. You can read more on last night's game. Greg Mengelt uh, wrote a little brief at HoosierHillsHoops.com to recap everything. But good uh, effort last night from Romeo. Let's hope that those opportunities and that shooting success, he's continuing to shoot it well. Uh, at one point in the preseason, he was shooting like 80% from the three-point line. Of course, the game I went and saw him play down in Orlando, he had two air balls. 
uh, from three-point land, and I'm not sure he hit one the entire game. But other than that, he's had a really good uh, preseason and season so far. Uh, And I think maybe the most interesting topic that we're going to talk about today, uh, at least to me, is Archie Miller really, you could say, made his first public comments on IU basketball since he was fired at the conclusion of last season. He was a guest on uh, Jeff Goodman, also Robbie Hummel, the former Purdue player that's from from Valparaiso. I think I like Robbie Hummel's uh, college basketball analysts as much as I do anyone. Uh, He's on ESPN, does a number of uh, the color commentary on those games, and joins Goodman for a lot of online content as well. But they had, uh, as part of this field of 68, kind of like a Big Ten preview, and Archie Miller joined them, which I thought was kind of – uh, maybe outside of what we think about Archie Miller, he's quiet, he's reserved. He, as head coach at least, didn't really seem to want to talk or deal with the media unless he absolutely has to. Uh, but his analyst, even though he's still pretty dry and still pretty, I don't want to say boring because he did offer some really good thoughts, uh, but he's just not an outgoing, uh, I don't know that he has a future in television or radio, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But the information he gave and what he had to say was very interesting. He addressed a number of things about IU this upcoming season, which I thought was very interesting to hear the former coach, just an off-season removed, talk about his team, his former team for the current season under a new coaching staff. And first and foremost, he was very cordial, very kind toward the staff. In fact, I think he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he's not sure any uh, staff has been able to do what Mike Woodson and his staff were able to get done in the offseason as far as filling needs and bringing in some new faces. But he talked about Indiana's roster. He said, quote, I would say when it comes to Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis is Trace. You're going to get great production from him. It's going to come down to their additions that they've added in the offseason. And to me, no one did a better job in the offseason of being able to put important pieces in place to make their team better than Indiana. Their staff did a great job of being able to identify, we've got to get a couple things done here in order to help the cause. And uh, I just lost the uh, the quote in front of me. But nonetheless, you get the point. Uh, Archie Miller with some very kind things on Mike Woodson and staff. He also talked about Xavier Johnson Parker Stewart, and a little bit about Miller Cop, but he said that he wasn't sure any team in college basketball was able to add the production that Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart and the minutes and the experience and the shooting and the scoring that they do based on their previous stops in Division I college basketball. I thought this was interesting as well. He was talking about Miller Cop a little bit when talking about some of these new additions at IU, and he said, you know, he was really good as a shooter, especially in a system that Northwestern has, and clearly they have a systematic approach to their offense. He said, I'm curious to see how he'll be, and and again, I'm paraphrasing here, I lost all the, the quotes I had in front of me just a moment ago, but in a more free-flowing offense, which is what I think we expect from Mike Woodson this season. So I, I agree with that. I do think Miller Cop obviously is a good shooter, but how will he fit in in an offense that maybe isn't as strategic or set up or planned to get him those shots. Clearly, they're going to run things to get him shots, but a very systematic approach, maybe to a more free-flowing approach. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. He also, and I thought this was, and I agree with this totally, he also made some comments, Archie did, on Michael Durr. Uh, He said, Indiana's got some depth, and last year, not having Joey Brunk really, really took a toll on the inside game defensively for Race Thompson and Trace. You've got to have that third guy in conference play in the Big Ten that can handle the amount of size that's coming at you on a nightly basis. 
and them being able to add Durr now, they've got three guys on a nightly basis that can play that spot. To me, that's a big addition. Again, I don't think anyone thinks Michael Durr is going to come in and be a star or be a big scorer, but think about Joey Brunk missing last year. Whether it was just for defensive purposes or not, uh, what he'll be able to come in and do against Purdue and Michigan. Think about the height and the size of players on just those two teams in the Big Ten Conference, their rosters, and I think he's absolutely correct. I've thought about that before. I'm not sure I've ever verbalized it on this show, but Michael Durr will be a big addition just because of the size that he brings. One other thing I thought was interesting for Ar- from Archie, he talked about the return of fans for this season and how that will be such a bonus for IU and how strange it was last season, obviously, to play without fans and that with fans getting back in the gym this year, uh, that place is loud. I think he said it was one of the loudest places in the Big Ten, maybe the loudest place in the Big Ten. In fact, when talking about that, he said, quote, Coach Woodson's going to come in. There's going to be a lot of energy, and those fans, when they get back in there, that's going to be a hard place to go into this season. And they asked Archie his uh, rankings, his preseason rankings, projections in the Big Ten Conference. He actually picked Indiana fifth, which if you follow this show, every preview just about out there, Indiana's been seventh, uh, maybe one or two six, a couple eighth-place finishes have been uh, projected for the Hoosiers this year. But Miller – the former coach who knows the Big Ten, who knows his team, the returning players from last year, probably better than anyone, picks this team with the new additions and those back from his roster to finish fifth in the Big Ten season. So I thought it was very good. In fact, he spoke like this about every team in the Big Ten, and I've got it bookmarked to watch uh, or listen to at a later time, but I did want to fast forward through and hear what he had to say about Indiana Thought it was really good. Again, Archie's dry, but Archie's comments are good. Clearly, he knows what he's talking about. But I think that interview in some way, and I saw a little bit of this banner on social media, some of the Facebook IU groups that are out there, I think that uh, his kind words, which is what a professional guy would do no matter his thoughts on IU in private, his kind words toward the fans and filling Assembly Hall and toward Mike Woodson and the energy that he's going to bring. And I think that will do a lot to smooth over any – I don't know that there's hatred toward him. There's obviously disappointment in his lack of success and lack of making the NCAA tournament. But I thought overall – Good information from uh, Coach Miller, and good uh, good for him to maybe make some amends. I'm not sure that he's trying to do that, but I think it helps the fans. Maybe hey, say hey, the former coach is you know he's not against us at least publicly. Uh, he had some pretty good things to say about all facets of IU basketball, and I think the fifth place projection uh, from him is is a real vote of confidence for IU this season. I think I think that's very impressive. Also, a couple recruiting notes here in this first segment: Jakai Newton from down in Georgia. He was on campus earlier in the week for a junior year official visit. He's a four-star guard, and he announced yesterday that he is going to make his college decision on Friday. So tomorrow afternoon, he is set to make his announcement on what exactly he will do as far as uh, college. Six foot three, hundred ninety-five uh, combo guard. He attends Newton High School, which is located in Covington, Georgia. Offers from Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, and Vanderbilt are some of the top offers among a long list that he has. And it says the article I'm reading from from 247 Sports, of the schools that have been in pursuit, three schools stand out the most to him heading into his announcement. They are Georgia, the home state school, Indiana, and Vanderbilt. So it sounds like one of those three will be the uh, future home 
of four-star prospect Ja'Kai Newton when he makes his decision. He's going to announce it on CBS Sports HQ, which is a, a site you can watch it on, actually, on Friday afternoon. And uh, so that will be interesting. We'll see if Indiana can pick up someone in the 2023 class. Also, a recruiting note to pass along. Uh, Indiana yesterday, I don't, I'm not sure who, I don't believe it was Coach Woodson, but Indiana had a coach yesterday down in South Carolina at Dorman High School to watch uh, Noah Clowney, the remaining four-star 2022 prospect, really the only remaining 2022 that we're aware of, Indiana is still in play for, and uh, Clowney is set to make his decision. Again, earlier this week, he bumped that uh, decision date back one day. He's going to make it at the start of the month, November 1st. So we'll, I think, possibly have some closure to IU's 2022 class one way or the other on November 1st. And as sure as I say that, with uh, so many crazy happenings with transfer portals and recruiting and things nowadays, it may not be the end of the 2022 class. But if he Clowney picks Indiana, you've got to believe just based on scholarship numbers that Indiana is is over full, at least in taking players uh, in the 2022 class. Also, a couple quick football things to pass along. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to much of the Coach Allen show last night. I did hear the beginning, and there was some concern if the show was even going to get on the air last night because the restaurant I think they have the show at this year, there was a fire there. And so Coach Allen and Don Fisher had to pack up the equipment and move to another location off-site. Uh, there was some concern if they would be able to get on the air or not, but they did. I did hear the, the very beginning, and Coach Allen, again, for a guy that's so very positive – uh, was very upfront and saying how frustrating that uh, that he was uh, in the overall loss to Michigan State, but he did think the defense played really well, some of the things that we've already covered this week. And one other IU football note as well, another uh, player enter entering the transfer portal, cornerback Larry Tracy III uh, is uh, entering the transfer portal now, the latest midseason loss for the Hoosiers. So, again, uh, Indiana having some real issues, uh, it very thin without the transfer of Tracy. Uh, now they are very thin at that position as they move into the game against Ohio State this weekend. So the second player this week to uh, enter the portal in the middle of the season. That is very interesting. I talked some about that yesterday on the program. That is a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us next. And don't forget, we love to hear from you. Your questions and comments are always welcome on the Thornton's text line. You can send a text to 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and their delicious donuts. And send in your questions for Alex on Coach Woodson and the Hoosiers. And maybe what did you think about what Archie Miller had to say about IU or the rest of the Big Ten Conference yesterday and his interview with Jeff Goodman? You can get those to us, and we'll get them on the air a little bit later in the program today. Stay with us. Alex is next. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison.
And back with you here on this Thursday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall always joins me on Thursday as we talk the latest in IU and college basketball. And Alex, I want to start with Romeo Langford. Ten points last night, three rebounds, one steal. He came off the bench in Boston's loss in double overtime at uh, Madison Square Garden to the Knicks last night. Four of six from the field. Uh, two of three from behind the three-point line and uh, had three turnovers and logged, I think, most impressively of all, uh, 23 minutes with uh, basically a full roster, including Jalen Brown back after a COVID-19 absence. But good start to the regular season, Alex. There's such a big difference, we know, from preseason ball to the regular season as far as rotations and as far as veterans and stars playing in the preseason and last night with basically the guys there that are going to be there for the foreseeable future for Boston. Romeo found a role. Yeah, Matt. Um, first thing I, I looked at after the game, the box score, um, maybe maybe a few of those three-pointers that Jason Tatum took, two of 15 from wow. three, sh- should have gone to Romeo considering he was two, to, two for three. Uh, that's the first thing that stood out to me, I couldn't believe it. I looked at the box score and I said, Saul Tatum was seven for 30 from the field and wow. two of 15 from the, from three point line. Yeah. Romeo was hot early in that game. And then they just kind of forgot he was out there offensively. He took a couple, uh, a couple other shots. I think he started four for four and then missed uh, a couple shots after that. But yeah, they're uh, going to be interesting to see where he shakes out in that rotation. I know a lot of people in the preseason thought that uh, Aaron Naismith, who uh, if people aren't familiar with him, he, he was actually uh, at Vanderbilt that same year that Romeo was at Indiana. They were both uh, being recruited by Vanderbilt, and Naismith ended up going down to Vanderbilt. Romeo obviously went to, to Indiana. I think a lot of people thought maybe he had a chance to surpass Romeo in, in the rotation. But Romeo plays 23 minutes, as you mentioned last night second most of any guy off the bench. Looks like he's uh, got the chance to, to stick there in the rotation. But, but yeah, man, I, I, I couldn't – I could not – I still can't get over somebody taking 15 three-pointers only making two of them. Yeah, I just saw the uh, end of the fourth period or end of the third period when Romeo had a big three as Boston was making a comeback and watched the remainder of the game. But uh, yeah, Tatum, wow, amazing to take 15 uh, three-pointers and you only make two that – that of course uh, I say that Alex and I went to see Romeo play uh, last week and despite how great of a shooter he's been in the preseason so far he airballed two three pointers so okay. I, I don't want I don't want I don't want to put the jinx on anybody but uh, Alex right. Bozich is my guest uh, let's get into some IU stuff and let's actually talk about Archie Miller I went through some of his comments with Jeff Goodman. Uh, yesterday, uh, I thought it was very interesting to hear him talk about the Big Ten and specifically his former team, IU, and he was very cordial to the coaches and very, uh, I thought, complimentary of things overall, including some of the new additions to IU. And, of course, as you would expect, a D1 coach, someone that knows the conference and knows Bloomington very well to be, he made some really, really astute comments that resonated with me. Uh, what did you think about his uh, his comments on IU and him being – uh, so cordial to uh, Coach Woodson and also him picking the Hoosiers fifth in the Big Ten Conference, higher than most. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it completely because, I mean, they're, 
he's he's obviously still being paid by Indiana, so it, it behooves him to be as nice publicly as he can. Uh, I don't take him for somebody that would be a, a vindictive person anyway. I think he probably uh, still likes plenty of the, the guys that are still there and wants them to, to be successful. But, you know, it, it did cross my mind that, you know, if he picks them fifth and then they finish eighth, uh, he could say uh, in the aftermath of that that well you know I, I thought they'd be fifth and they're they're only they only finished eighth and so a little bit of a disappointment but I mean overall you know I listened to some of it I thought he, he had some he made some good points some some good insight um, interesting uh, to me that he's going to be I guess sounds like doing this somewhat often this season maybe with with Goodman who's one of his good friends but uh, it's interesting to kind of see him on the the media side of things after, uh, you know, he spent four years in Bloomington and really didn't seem to have much interest in, in doing any media stuff. That was interesting to me. But overall, I thought he made some good points. Uh, don't necessarily agree with what he said about Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart, uh, just in terms of I think he made a comment or something about no team maybe brought in more production than, than those two guys. And, and while maybe from a uh, – statistical standpoint that might be true having both of those players uh, have a chance to make an impact but I, I think maybe he oversold uh, those guys just a little bit but made some good points on trace and some stuff about uh, the front court players in the big 10 that I, I definitely agreed with but I think a little high maybe on Indiana uh, and, and we'll see if uh, we'll see who's right uh, when it all shakes out I think fifth may be a little bit high for this group. Alex, uh, your thoughts on his comments on Michael Durr. I absolutely agree that uh, missing Joey Brunk last year on the interior hurt not just Indiana, but specifically race and trace. Uh, Michael Durr, I don't think any of us, and we, you know, we don't really know his health either, I should note right this moment, but I, I don't think any of us thought when he committed to IU that he was ever going to be a stud or a star, but he is someone that can be in the big and physical Big Ten, uh, somewhat of a relief for uh, TJD and Race Thompson this season, perhaps. Yeah, he definitely could be. Uh, we just actually, I actually have to see him suit up and do something uh, for Indiana. I think that's the biggest question for me: is is he actually going to play? Um, he didn't play in the Bahamas. It didn't doesn't sound like he's, he was cleared uh, to play. Uh, Hoosier hysteria if they were going to play and, and obviously Indiana canceling that secret scrimmage uh, with Cincinnati we wouldn't have known uh, if he would have uh, you know we, we, we at least we probably would have got a box score or some indication whether or not he's ready to play I mean I think he's somewhat important uh, to this year's team from the standpoint of he can uh, give some depth and, and maybe Trace doesn't have to play 35 34 35 minutes a game I think that's a concern for me. Um, as much as you want to play your your best players, you know, heavy minutes. I think at times last year uh, they rode Trace a little bit too hard and played him a little bit too much, and he kind of wore down as the season went along. I think it'd be much better to play him 30 to 32 minutes a game, but you got to have somebody behind him that's capable of stepping in. I think that's where Durr comes in. He needs to be healthy um, because I, I just don't see a scenario where. Logan Duncan's going to be able to give them eight or ten minutes. He he went uh, through the preseason with some injuries. Uh, he talked about it media day. He had a shoulder issue. 
uh, and some other miscellaneous injuries. He's back full go in practice, but I, I just don't see him as a guy uh, when you're going up against Hunter Dickinson and Kofi Coburn and Zach Eady and Travion Williams. The list goes on the Big Ten. I don't think you want to be relying on a true freshman uh, that doesn't sound like he had a great pre preseason. So for, for me, Durr's pretty important uh, from a depth perspective. And if nothing else, he's an experienced guy uh, that can give you, uh, you know, somewhat of a shot blocking presence at the rim, at least can alter some shots and uh, give you some fouls. I mean, you got to have somebody out there uh, against these big 10 teams that can hold their own in the post. And I just don't see Duncan as being that. So to me, Durr's pretty important to have healthy, at least when the meat of the schedule rolls around. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, and speaking of Logan Duncan, Alex recently did a uh, preseason profile on Duncan. You're doing them on all the players. It's great, great content to get you ready for the upcoming season. Do we have any indication at all about what is going on with Durr, the extent of his injury, and what has kept him out of so much uh, all the way back to the Bahamas trip this offseason? Nothing publicly. I mean, I've heard a couple things. Uh, behind the scenes uh, that have been talked about. I obviously don't want to get into anything with somebody's uh, health issue or sure. injury stuff that I can't verify or, you know, that they don't want to talk about. But, it, you know, it does sound like he's gone through some things in the preseason that are legitimate concerns. And that's, uh, to me, uh, one of the – I mean, going into the first game uh, in a couple of weeks from now, one of the more interesting storylines is, is he going to be available to play uh, because it's one thing, you know, if you if, if it's July or August and a guy's banged up and can't play, but when we actually start playing games and you're trying to implement a new system here and get this new coaching staff in sync with all the players, and this is a guy that that realistically, um, you know, Jerome Hunter left, and this is who you chose to bring in. So that tells me this is somebody you thought was going to be able to help your team, and if he's not ready to go uh, when the season starts. Uh, that is uh, a concern. But in terms of what's been said publicly about his injuries, uh, nothing uh, really specific. Uh, but to me, it doesn't sound like he's uh, 100% at this point in time. Talking to Alex of Inside the Hall, let's, uh, let's talk one more thing about what Archie Miller said to Jeff Goodman, then we'll move on to some recruiting and other topics. He talked about the fans and the return to – Assembly Hall this year after COVID-19 issues last year basically made college hoops uh, like most sports played without any fans other than maybe a few parents in the stands. Uh, when it comes to the Big Ten and Assembly Hall this year, obviously this fan base, and you know this, Alex, as well as anyone because of the, the site that you run and the fans you interact with, you can tell probably just based on your the metrics of your website how Indiana basketball is doing and what the fan interest is like. But you know that that's high right now because of a new staff and because of some good developments in the offseason. Uh, so what could Assembly Hall be like this year? It's We know it's a tough place to play. What could it be like with these fans back and pumped up and just ready to go loud, screaming, hollering. I mean, I've got to believe it will be a tough place to play once again this year, maybe tougher than it's ever been for a number of seasons. Yeah, that's to me one of the more fascinating things. It didn't seem like I wasn't there. It didn't seem like they had a great turnout for Hoosier Hysteria. It sounded like they had a good turnout. Um, you know, the thing that I never worry about Big Ten games and, and some of the marquee games, I think they'll get the crowds. Uh, for those games, the, 
the interesting part to me is going to be what the early season games look like and how they're able to draw because we've talked about this before, Matt. I mean, they've got eight games, I think, that are home uh, games that are what you, what you basically call a scheduling a win or a guarantee game. Um, and, and so I, I think just in sports in general right now, I mean, there's obviously a demand for people to get back out and be able to go do things after kind of what has gone on the last uh, almost two years now with the pandemic. But at the same time, before all this started, attendance and things like that had kind of been on the downswing. And so part of that, I think, is just the nature of the viewing experience that you can get at home and people uh, just preferring to do other things with their time. But I think this year is going to be an interesting case study coming out of, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic's not over, but I think people are obviously more comfortable going and doing things again. Um, and you have a new coach, you have a new direction for the program. That should be exciting. But the, the, the schedule in general, I don't think at home, at least early, is not all that enticing. So I'll just be curious to see what kind of crowds they actually draw. I mean, the, the attendance on all the early box scores is going to say completely sold out because obviously they sell out season tickets. But how many people actually show up? I think if they get the, that place 80 to 85% full of those early games, they're doing pretty well. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. I uh, want to get into some recruiting. Ja'Kai Newton of Georgia, 2023 guard, was on campus for a junior year official earlier this week. He's already set a decision. Uh, he's going to make an announcement tomorrow afternoon. Georgia, Vanderbilt, and Indiana, uh, when asked by 247 Sports, uh, you know, schools he's really considering most heading into the decision. Those were the three he listed. Uh, is there any coincidence that he was in Bloomington a few days ago and he's already ready to make his decision? Are you uh, thinking this could be an IU commitment coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I'd say Indiana's in really good shape uh, with the situation. Uh, he's obviously, as you mentioned, coming off the visit. I've talked to him quite a bit since the visit. Uh, did a couple, uh, I think I did one Q&A. Uh, talked to him a couple other times. Seems like Indiana made a, a huge impression, not just with him, but with his family as well. Uh, I know his mom and dad both really liked uh, everything that, that Indiana had to offer on the visit. Interesting also that he, you know, when I first talked to him after the visit, he mentioned uh, potentially going on another visit, I think coming up to Alabama. That's obviously now not going to happen. And then when you look at kind of the pro three programs, uh, that he's looking at. You got Indiana, who just hired a new coach, who has Yasir Roseman on staff, who has a really good relationship with him. Um, and then Georgia, which is picked last in the SEC, and, and the coach, Tom Crean, is probably going to be fired after this upcoming season unless uh, they really turn things around. And Vanderbilt, I think, was picked second to last in the SEC. Uh, connecting the dots here, it seems like to me Indiana's uh, the surefire team to beat in this recruitment just based on uh, where all three programs are, the fact that he's just coming off a visit uh, to Indiana. And I can tell you just looking at him on film, which I've been doing a lot this week, uh, there seems to be a pretty high ceiling with this kid. I mean, he doesn't uh, necessarily shoot it great from the outside. That's one thing he talked to me about, like wanting to – really get better at, but he does have a pretty good stroke. Like when he gets his feet set, has a good, nice release, but off the dribble and in transition, uh, he's an impact player. I mean, there's plenty of film from this summer uh, of him on the Under Armour circuit, you know, 
being very disruptive defensively, stealing the ball from guys going to the other end and dunking it. Uh, can finish with both hands, gets into the lane, physical, got good size. I think he's about six foot four. So uh, there's a lot to like here, and I think if Indiana is able to land him tomorrow, uh, it's an excellent start to the 2023 recruiting class. Talking to Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, uh, it's been a busy recruiting time, really, for Indiana. Coaches have been on the road, and, of course, Noah Clowney and his decision hanging out there on November 1st. It sounds like IU is back in South Carolina to make one more swing through to see Clowney at his own high school. And, uh, again, uh, I think that's probably where most fan attention is right now with recruitment is on Clowney. He's been such a big name and uh, could be a key piece, a key addition for Mike Woodson here in his first full recruiting class, I guess you could call it. Uh, Any insight to that decision that's forthcoming a week or so from now? been pretty quiet um you know i I think unless something's changed he's still supposed to go visit alabama uh at some point here before he makes his decision but it it seems like indiana's in in great uh spot here uh virginia tech i know is another school that's recruited him very hard uh for a long period of time and it's much closer obviously for him so if distance is a factor um, I, I don't know uh, if that's something Indiana is going to be able to overcome, but ultimately they're still in the mix here. They're still uh, fighting uh, to get him. Uh, you know, if they didn't think there was a chance, they wouldn't be going to see him. So uh, I think it's, you know, it, it's it's a kid that I think they really want to get. Um, at the same time, uh, if they if he doesn't commit, uh, I don't necessarily see it as a a huge, huge issue moving forward just because of the transfer portal looming out there for the spring. I think Indiana is going to be able to go and find a, a player uh, that can help them in the front court, uh, depending on who leaves uh, this off season. But I think he's definitely a kid they've put a lot of time in, has built really good relationships, and they definitely want to get him. Uh, I just don't have a strong sense one way or the other if, if they're the team to beat. But I, I definitely feel like they're right there uh, near the top of the list. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex also wanted to catch up with you on just what's going on at inside the hall. I mentioned the Logan Duncan preview story has been great. You've been doing uh, previews of all the IU roster and uh, are working through that, I'm sure, between now and the start of the season, but also uh, Big Ten and opponent profile pieces, which are very fun to look at and uh, go ahead and think ahead about the upcoming season. Some great work, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it. Yeah, it's something we do every year. Um, you know, obviously people enjoy reading kind of about, you know, we, we this year we did all the, the non-conference teams, which uh, some of those teams in the offseason uh, lesser known and maybe not getting uh, as much attention and not, obviously not a probably a huge interest in learning about Mary Mack as opposed to a team like Michigan State or Michigan. But, uh, you know, it, it really helps familiarize uh it helps me familiarize myself with the rosters going into the season. So that's one reason I like to do it. And, uh, you know, I think we, we get really good feedback. People just uh, this time of year want to kind of see where Indiana stacks up uh, in the Big Ten. So we've been working on that. Uh, obviously, the, we've done all of the all 13 Big Ten programs. Those are all out. And we started today with uh, the player profiles. We just go kind of uh, by class. So today was Logan Duncan. Tomorrow will be Tamar Bates. And then it will actually – uh, go every day now until uh, the first game uh, on November 9th, I think it is. So I think the last player profile will be the Monday before. 
Another thing we're going to be doing uh, in the preseason, uh, Andy Bottoms uh, from the Assembly Call is obviously going to do his preseason bracketology. There's a whole uh, series that he'll do, uh, I think, five posts before the start of the season, kind of looking at his preseason bracket. Uh, that's always fun to look at uh, this time of year when there's no games to actually uh, talk about. And uh, I know Andy spends a lot of time and effort doing that, and, and obviously we'll continue to follow recruiting. Uh, we'll, everything tomorrow with uh, Ja'Kai Newton will have covered, regardless of, of what he ends up deciding. So uh, getting to be busy time of year, but it, it's a fun time of year because we're actually going to have some basketball to, to watch and uh, react to and write about and talk about on your show. So looking forward to it all, Matt. Alex, one player that's kind of been lost in the shuffle with all the new additions that Mike Woodson has brought in and then, of course, the return of TJD and some other key players is a player that last year I was very excited about what he would be able to maybe do this year uh, and in future years at IU, and that's Jordan Geronimo. I know mm-hmm. that we'll be profiling him coming up before too long, but uh, let's talk about him for a moment. Is he is he lost in the shuffle early on because of some new additions and returning players, or is he still someone that we see as an emerging prospect within IU basketball? I still see him as an emerging prospect. Uh, I mean, he may not be talked about right now, but to me, he's one of the first guys off the bench, and he's a guy that uh, if Indiana's going to reach his potential needs, uh, to be uh, in the in the game because he's he brings athleticism he brings size I think he can be a a really good effective rebounder and I you know I, I just look at ceiling uh, just in terms of the front court um, besides Trace Jackson Davis I'm not I think he's got the highest ceiling of anybody I mean that's not to take anything away from Race Thompson but Race Thompson to me is kind of is what he is as a college player at this point very productive player, uh, a glue guy that your team can rely on, uh, a guy that is going to do the little things to help you win, but he doesn't offer the same athleticism as Jordan Geronimo. I don't think long-term he projects to be uh, as, as good of a player. I think jo- Jordan Geronimo has a chance to play uh, in the NBA if he gets better at a rapid pace and if he continues uh, to work on the things he has to get better. I think he has to develop a somewhat – more consistent perimeter shot. He's got to become more aggressive and more assertive. I think last year uh, he was kind of feeling his way through games rather than just going out there and reacting to things happen. He was maybe a, you know, you know, a split second or two behind. And at this level, if you're a little slow to react, uh, it, it makes a big deal. He's just got to go out there and, and play and, and be comfortable I think he's going to be able to have a little bit more freedom under this coaching staff to to make mistakes. But to me, he's not under the radar. I mean, he might not be a guy that everybody's talking about, but I think if Indiana's going to be, you know, you talk about Indiana maybe maybe finishing in the top five in the Big Ten, I think Jordan Geronimo's got to have a breakout season if IU wants that to happen. Yeah, no question. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Great thoughts on IU basketball for the upcoming year. Alex, when we talk again, I guess we'll be really days from the start of the season. The NBA season is now here. High school practices, uh, at least fall practices, are underway. The girls' season is here. and Lots of fun college and IU moments ahead. Appreciate the chat today. Hard to believe it's already the season. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Alex Bozich always with me Thursdays here on the program. And IU football note as we get ready to head to commercial break, I just saw a tweet from 
from Mike Schumann. He's at the or on Zoom with Tom Allen in his press conference today, and he said that Tawan Mullen and Reese Taylor uh, may or may not be ready for Saturday. They've been getting some work in this week, but uh, still up in the air as far as if they are available for Saturday's game against Ohio State. So an already thin IU team because of injuries and various reasons uh, could be uh, even more thin when the Hoosiers and Buckeyes square off on Saturday. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with one final segment. We'll talk some high school football and go through the sectional pairings for this first Friday and what things could look like the second week with some local teams that receive buys as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on the final segment of this Thursday program. Tom Allen in the middle of a press conference right now. He said an interesting quote here, a comment here. He said he acknowledged that when a team is playing really well on one side of the ball, which would be defensively for the most part, IU is, and not well on the other, which obviously offensive offense has been a real struggle for this team. It can become a locker room issue. So he said he made a point of addressing that specifically this week, especially with the captains. He said, quote, we addressed it, we talked about it. At the same time, we're a team, we're a football team. Uh, so uh, obviously you wonder what – you just wonder when a team is struggling and having some issues and uh, with the record that IU football has and what maybe they were expected to have despite the, the uh, tough competition that they've faced so far, you just wonder what things are like in the locker room. That just yeah, – I think everyone starts to think about that when things go bad. So interesting to see him address that. Also high school football on Friday night, we've talked some about – how good some of the matchups in the sectionals could be this week and should be in future weeks of the postseason as well. And one of the games I think to pay attention to on Friday night is the Floyd Central-Jeffersonville rematch. It's kind of ironic that those two drew each other right out of the gate because if you remember last year, they ended up playing each other, was it three times, twice in the regular season because each team had a COVID cancellation, then in the sectional again as well. Of course, the regular season matchup that was scheduled was the conference game. And again, this year they met in the regular season. It was a great game uh, down to the wire. Not a lot of offense, but still exciting. And uh, we'll see how the rematch goes. Both teams with fairly even records. Jeff 3-5, and five, Floyd Central 3-6. and six. Uh, I think the game at Floyd Central maybe gives the Highlanders a little bit of an edge there. And, of course, uh, looking ahead, the winner of that game gets New Albany. New Albany 6-3 and three would be the road team in that semifinal game. Uh, but uh, let's see if uh, the Highlanders win it because it's a home game for them. Should be very close and very competitive when they meet up this weekend. Also, moving on down, I think Silver Creek has a tough matchup against a solid Martinsville team. That's what I would call a 50-50 game. But the uh, Dragons at home in that one. And, of course, they're the only local team in 4A sectional 23. In 3A, uh, some local teams there. Charlestown has been red hot. I expect them to beat Greensburg and move on to a semifinal game against uh, their next opponent in week two. Uh, Clarksville, I think, will have a tough time 
Uh, moving down into 2A, we'll have a tough time with Mitchell, who's got a fairly similar record. Providence uh, has been playing good football. They're on the road at Switzerland County. They should pick up a win on Friday night. And Rock Creek, again, against a very good football program, even though the record is under 500 this season. Uh, West Washington, 3-4, and four, still very strong. Rock Creek will have some... I think real issues with that contest on Friday. So we'll see how many local winners we get on Friday. We'll see what the setup of the brackets look like for week two of the tournament. Of course, with the way the 5A bracket is set and just the teams that are involved, you're almost guaranteed local games or at least a local team involved all the way through at least the championship game. The other side of the bracket is Seymour and Bedford. Uh, so likely the New Albany, uh, whoever they take on, Jeff Floyd Central winner, the winner of that semifinal game will be in the championship. So a chance for a local winner there. But we'll see in the rest of the sectionals if we can get a local Clark Floyd team to come out. It's been tough to have uh, success, our local teams to have success in the football tournament. We don't get a lot of sectional champions the way that the brackets are set with so much mileage between so many teams and different sectionals, and we just haven't had teams that uh, have been able to find a way to advance on to regionals very often here in this area, despite all the success in so many other sports. So I think it'll be interesting this year to see if we can have some breakthrough teams in that regard. That's going to wrap up things for this Thursday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show here on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And we'll be back with you Friday. We're going to talk with Jeff Zimmerman, the Silver Creek volleyball coach, on Friday to start our program in advance of his team's regional appearance on Saturday at the Charlestown 3A Volleyball Regional. They've got a great chance to come out of that one, but some tough competition ahead. Also, Friday, we'll be joined by Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll preview IU Ohio State. Boy, it's going to be a tough one for the Hoosiers. There's no question about that. And then later in the show on Friday, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins to talk some hoops, basketball, high school basketball, recruiting, and more. And, of course, Ja'Kai Newton makes his college decision on Friday afternoon. That wraps up this show. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.